Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Is Not About Your Body. I'm Jesse Neeland. And uh, I want to talk about the things we do when we're anxious to soothe our anxiety today. So th this came from an interesting thought that I had. Um, a lot of my clients, as you could probably imagine, uh, doing body neutrality coaching, they are turning to certain body control habits as a way of establishing a feeling that they have some agency or power or control over something. So a lot of times this means food. Sometimes it means exercise or you know, skincare or body checking or how they dress or how they look in some other way. There's this desire to control how they look, their body, because they feel less anxious when they are asserting a feeling of control over something and the body is just there, right? Like you constantly have to eat, you constantly have to dress yourself, the body is always present. So it just creates a really easy place to exert some sense of control. And a lot of times all that's doing, the entire purpose of that is to reduce anxiety. So someone who is highly anxious may become highly anxious about their body and then able to sort of soothe a little bit of that anxiety by dieting, exercising, dressing a certain way, doing skincare, getting their hair done, whatever it is, fixing their flaws, or at least obsessing over their flaws and attempt to like stay aware of what they can control. But what I was thinking, you know, that's something that I've, I've seen for so long, for many years. This is something that I've worked with clients on. But what I was thinking recently is how many of the things we do when we are feeling anxious follow the same pattern. And the pattern is essentially like seek out a new tiny problem and then solve that tiny problem. And this is such a stupid example, I think. But so for me, when I'm anxious, I will like pick at my fingernails and cuticles. This is a thing I do. When I was young, I used to bite my nails and then I forced myself to break that habit in college and I don't bite them anymore. But I do like, I, I, I feel very drawn to them. Like I'm Again, when I'm not anxious, I, I hardly even notice them. When I'm highly anxious, I am constantly like skimming the edges with one fingernail of another or like, you know, moving my fingers along the edges of my cuticles to find tiny, tiny, tiny uh, hangnails and that kind of thing. So I'm always doing this. And of course, the more I do it, the more little bits and things there are to do, right? Because it's like as soon as I make a little ragged edge, there's another little ragged edge. Whereas if I just left them alone, there probably wouldn't be any. So it kind of creates the problem. My anxiety creates the problem. But then the whole point of the creating of the problem is that I then get to solve the problem. And this is where the soothing of the anxiety comes in. Now, again, this is such a small microcosm of this habit. But I will really genuinely feel soothed, feel better, feel a certain amount of relief and control over my life as I like find the little hangnail and either peel it off or find the edge of the, you know, the ragged edge and file it down or push back the cuticle that got all weird because I was like messing with it the other day. Like basically every teensy little problem that I created like yesterday feels good to solve today. There is relief in it. There is anxiety relief. There is soothing because I have solved a problem and there's something in that that just feels inherently good. And I was thinking of all the things I do when I'm anxious, most of them fit, actually maybe even all of them, um, they fit this same microcosm. So for example, cleaning, uh, organizing, putting my stuff away. If I'm really anxious, I will like 
sort of reorganize my clothes, you know, take out th things that are sort of messy, refold my clothes, re-put them away in a more organized way, um, hang things up, put things away, remove clutter. All of this stuff feels good. It offers relief to my anxiety. Why? Because there was a problem and I fixed it. There's something really soothing about that for me. And I've talked to clients about this and a lot of them have very similar patterns that even if they created the problem just for the sake of, of solving it, they still get relief from solving it. Uh, another example would be like skincare. You know, someone who picks at their pimples when they're anxious then has a problem to solve. So maybe they turn to things like masks and serums. Maybe they turn to things like concealer and uh, foundation. Maybe they just feel bad about themselves because it's a problem that now they can't solve, in which case it wouldn't offer the relief. But like these are things that we tend to do. We, we search for teensy little problems we can solve. And even in that, picking at a pimple might be like the problem was there was a pimple. The solution is I picked at it and now it's gone. Even if it left a big red welt on your forehead or something, like the, the moment of squeezing it was I'm solving a problem, a tiny little problem, looking for relief, looking for that moment where you go, oh, I solved a problem. Yes, I can relax a little. I solved a problem. I have control in my world. I solved a problem. That's what we're searching for. And as I think of the other stuff that I do, you know, I mean, I guess online shopping is another example. I will buy things or at least I will search for things. I don't always necessarily buy, but like when I'm anxious, I find myself online shopping a lot and or at least, you know, browsing. And the goal is always I imagine the problems in my life and I imagine the product that will solve it. So I sort of kind of go through my head like, you know, I've been cooking lately and I didn't have that one thing that I needed. Let me look up all of the options that I could buy to solve that problem. All of the pans or all of the whatever utensils that I didn't have. Let me find one. And then, of course, I buy it and I, I do usually feel like, ah, good. Now that'll be on its way and I, I won't have this problem again. But it doesn't make me feel any less anxious overall, really, because the big problem that's causing me anxiety is not a missing pie cutter you know the the thing that's causing me anxiety is something bigger but in that moment I'm just looking for little problems I can solve that are in my control if I'm like oh man my bras are too tight let me look online for bigger bras read bra you know blog posts about com most comfortable bras and uh, read reviews and and then I, I buy a couple of bras and I'm like okay good they're on their way this won't be a problem anymore and I have a little moment of relief even though the thing that's causing me anxiety is like I don't know, a global pandemic or like <laughs> stress in my relationship or being unsure about uh, something work related like a launch or my book, right? Like the thing that's giving me anxiety is never that my bras don't fit or I don't have a pie cutter, but it doesn't matter because the things we do to calm ourselves when we're anxious are, are often about finding tiny problems we can solve because the bigger problem feels out of our control. And that's usually the case, right? Like I would tell you, oh, just go fi fix your bigger problem. Don't even worry about the pie thing. And that's what I would do if I, if I could, you know, but usually the thing that's causing anxiety is something too big, too slow moving, too difficult to solve in that moment. You know, like, oh, I'm working on it in therapy, but I can't do anything about it today, right? Like, cool, I am facing the bigger issue and today I would like to buy a freaking pie cutter and make myself feel a little better because it's just 
I'm looking for a, a, a little moment of relief in the agitation that I'm feeling about being out of control in this other area of my life whatever it may be. And when I see this with clients, I constantly see the ways in which body control come into play. Shopping, online shopping is absolutely one of these things for a lot of people. So is skincare. Uh, everything from like my cuticle example to the, to the popping pimples example, but then all the way up to like people who wear a face mask and feel like they have some control over their life, you know? Um, people who get a facial or teeth whitening or get their brows done and they feel like, yeah, I got my stuff together now. Why? Why does why does getting your eyes microbladed make you feel like your shit together? The answer is it gave you a tiny problem to solve and you did it. It's like boosting self-esteem in this teensy little way, boosting competence, boosting your your ability to think of yourself as a problem solver and someone who succeeds at getting things done. And there's something really relieving and wonderful in that. And even healthy, I would say. I'm not against this necessarily. I just want to point out that it's happening. So yeah, like get your brows done, wear your face mask, you know, whiten your teeth, do whatever you want, and then check back in. Because a lot of times what happens is we do this stuff subconsciously. And then on the other side, we're like, oh, why am I still so anxious? So if you don't realize what you're doing, if you're not aware that you are um, filling in a sort of substitute problem and solution, then obviously you're not going to, um, it's going to feel really shocking when you don't feel better. You know, you'll be like, but I did all this self-care. Why don't I feel any less anxious? And the answer is probably because your anxiety wasn't caused by a lack of face masks or whatever. Your problem is something else. Something else is causing anxiety. Now you should probably, for the sake of self-awareness and and you know always dealing with the truth, probably try to stay aware of what that is. But that doesn't mean you can always deal with it directly. It doesn't mean you can always solve it. A lot of the problems we have in day-to-day -day life are not solvable today. Some of them are not solvable ever. You may find ways to cope and manage and navigate, but like some of the stuff that is just hard is just hard. So finding little problems to solve can actually be a really wonderful coping mechanism. I would just encourage us all to do it a little bit more um, consciously, first of all. And then second of all, like, like productively, or uh, maybe that's not the word I want, like healthily. <laughs> do it in ways that actually have an impact is what I mean. So me and my cuticles, no impact. Yes, I'm tiny, making little tiny problems for me to solve in little tiny solutions, but I, I don't ultimately feel any better. Whereas, um, when I got my hair, I got like a keratin treatment. So it was like really shiny and um, defrizzed for a while. That came out of an anxious place. And I actually felt like, yeah, I did a good thing for myself. I had a problem, <laughs> frizzy hair. Uh, and, and there was a solution and I did it. I felt good about that for weeks. So even though it's silly and it didn't solve my problem and it's absolutely unrelated to literally anything in my life that matters... It did at least have an impact, whereas me pulling my cuticle nails, you know, whatever, it has no impact. So if there's a problem you can solve that will actually give you some amount of boost in your self-esteem, in your identity, in your mood, in your um, feeling of control or, or anything in your life, like that's probably a pretty good area to do it. You know, if you start to think to yourself, ah, I've been feeling like garbage lately, I'm going to commit to drinking eight glasses of water every day this week and see if that helps. That's like a little tiny problem you can solve. Maybe you're dehydrated. 
And ultimately, you might actually feel pretty good on the other side, even if your main problem, the reason that you were feeling anxious and desiring to control something wasn't dehydration, you're still probably going to feel better. So that's like an excellent place to do it. What, what gets tricky is when you look at it through the lens of diet culture and weight stigma, because then it's like, oh, maybe my problem is that I'm fat and ugly and disgusting and I should diet and I should exercise more and I should lose weight and I should you know, uh, be good and do all these things. And then you try to do those things seeking this same relief because the anxiety there, body anxiety is seeking a solution. It wants you to have a solution so that you can feel better and be relieved. Um, but it sets you up for failure. You know, it sets you up for shame spirals. It sets you up for guilt and embarrassment. It sets you up for self-loathing and, and anger and resentment towards yourself. Like it sets you up to fail. There is no relief on the other side of that the way there is when you've chosen something that actually is in your control and safe and healthy for you, like hydrating or doing a face mask. So you got to be aware when you're doing these things even if they're things that are unhealthy for you, just being aware is already a really great step. And then beyond that, being able to choose more consciously, like I stress eat sometimes and I do it really consciously. There are fully times where I've said to myself, well, I'm out of coping mechanisms and so I'm going to eat enough that I feel numb and go to bed. Like that's what I'm gonna do. And I don't do it often. And if I did do it often, I would start to probably question like, why is my um, resilience day-to-day -day so low that I need this pretty intense coping mechanism uh, so often? But it is an option. And occasionally, it's the right one. You know, like sometimes the problem that we need to solve is I feel these feelings and I don't want to freaking feel them right now. I can't do it. No, thank you, please. Um, in those moments, like there's absolutely no judgment. There's only compassion and curiosity as far as I'm concerned for how we choose what we do. And I believe bringing consciousness and awareness to it is always, always, always going to be better than doing it mindlessly or without awareness of what we're actually trying to do or get. You know, like eating endlessly and hoping you'll feel full and happy as opposed to eating endlessly and knowing that you're just gonna get numb and kind of check out for a while because you'll be uncomfortable one of these things sets you up for a pretty unrealistic crash on the other side when you don't actually feel happy, you know? So with all of that in mind, I invite curiosity and compassion on your side. I invite a little bit of um, exploration of your own stress habits and anxiety reducing mechanisms. Like what do you do when you are having a really anxious time or feeling really, really stressed what teensy little problems do you either create or seek out that you can then solve because they give you a feeling of control, power, or relief? And how is that serving you? How, which ones are serving you well? Which ones are causing more harm than they're worth? And what are some alternatives that might serve you better? What might a way be for you to take control over a problem in those moments of high stress, get you some relief, and not cause you harm down the line? Because thinking about that now while you're not stressed, I mean, assuming you're not like in a super stressed moment right now, is the right time. Because then when you're really anxious, you can kind of draw back onto this conversation and say, ah, now what I want to do is this self-destructive thing that I used to do. But instead, I'm going to recognize that the self-destructive habit was seeking relief and control. And I'm going to offer myself relief and control through these other methods that are less self-destructive. Because the thing you're seeking 
even if it's like I'm going to diet so that I can get skinny so that I can be happy so that I can feel relief or whatever, like the thing you're seeking there is relief, a feeling of control and a feeling of power and relief or agency and relief or whatever it is. So get real about what you're seeking. This is neutrality, man. This is like the same exact neutrality process that we look at with body image, but relating to habits and behaviors and thoughts and feelings. You know, all of this is neutral. It's just clear, neutral vision, clear, neutral, uh, curio- well, the curiosity part is fun, but like you're looking at all the data, like the data is, is clear and neutral. There is no morally good actions and morally bad actions. There's all just actions and outcomes. You get to be really curious about it and come at it with love and acceptance and say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what I'm trying to get done with that. I wonder how that's serving me. And is it costing me more than it's serving me? And if, if so, what do I want to do about that? No judgment, no pathologizing, no, uh, none of the thing where you feel bad because you're self-destructive and why are you like this? Like none of that, that doesn't help. And frankly, you don't do anything for no reason. So everything you do has a good reason, you know? This is just a neutral way of looking at it. Morally neutral, clear vision. Huh, that's interesting. Which is honestly kind of a joyful way to do self-work, by the way. If you've never approached self-work from this perspective, I highly recommend it. Because like, you're really interesting, you know? Everything you do is really interesting. Everyone's is. Everyone's minds and habits are really interesting. And if you really let yourself get curious about it without judgment, there's so much cool stuff in there to figure out about yourself. So this is my invitation to be curious about it. And also, uh, you know, feel free to share. Come on over to my Instagram. Uh, You can DM me at Jesse Neeland. And uh, other than that, thank you for being here. If you want to support my free work, uh, you can find me on Patreon at Jesse Neeland. Uh, The link is also in my Instagram bio. And you can find me on YouTube. You can find my blog post on my website at jessineeland.com. And um, yeah, Instagram, I put out new content all the freaking time. So you can find me all over the internet. And I'm happy that you're here listening, reading, watching, etc. Unpacking the topics relating to body image and what this stuff is really about. And I will catch you next time.